Good afternoon, everybody. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and welcome to the One America podcast. It's been a minute. I have been off on book sabbatical, but today is a special day, and I wanted to do a tribute, of course, to our soldiers, our active duty military soldiers and sailors and airmen, and also remember, because this day is all about remembering. It's Memorial Day. It's the day that we set aside in the United States of America, and we remember the fallen soldiers, the soldiers that, as President Lincoln once said, gave their last full measure of devotion, the soldiers who died on the battlefields in the Pacific and in Normandy, in Germany, in Europe, throughout this great world of ours, serving all over and throughout, whether on secret missions or in great battles like World War One, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Persian Gulf War, and those right now serving in Afghanistan and Iraq. We're thinking of you. We look forward to you all coming home soon as the president has ordered that the troops be withdrawn. And I know that that's a little bit controversial, but I'm hoping that President Biden sticks with that because I think that our troops have been through a lot. I personally know men and women who have served not one, not two, but three tours of duty people who lost sons and daughters, uh, nieces and nephews, loved ones, husbands, wives, uh, daughters and sons. And uh, that's what we do in America. We believe in freedom, not just for us, but freedom for all. And so again, my love and my gratitude goes out to everyone listening to me who's put the uniform on and to those who are like my very young 18-year-old niece right now, specialist uh, Michaela Nelson, who's doing her medic training now in Texas. We are so proud of you. This kid could have done anything, gone anywhere, gone to any college, Ivy League. She could have gone to the academies, and she wanted to enlist. Uh, she already had training uh, as an EMT and in medicine, so she went in with advanced rank, uh, and she's doing well, and we're really proud of her and uh, just humbled that she is continuing the tradition of our family, uh, which is an Army family. And uh, we go back back to pretty much every war, uh, going back to the Civil War, with family members who served uh, the country, the flag, the United States of America. So thank you. A few things I want to get to today on this special Memorial Day podcast. One, again, just to welcome you back and tell you that we will be uh, getting started again this summer with great guests. We've got a good lineup throughout the summer, and I'm looking forward to having important dialogues on democracy and preserving this great union that President Lincoln laid down his life for. And uh, we have some great guests. Uh, you know that I'm committed to hearing from conservatives, liberals, progressives, uh, and others on this program because I believe in freedom. I believe in free speech. I believe in freedom of assembly. Uh, I can support Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives too, as I do. I can support uh, the flag of my country and stand up during the national anthem proudly with my hand over my heart and likewise support someone like Colin Kaepernick who chooses to take a knee in, in a form of respectful protest uh, for the lives of those being lost on another battlefront in our streets uh, with uh, the police and others so uh, you can love your country and you can love your countrymen and you can love them all and you can support uh, different points of view, even when they're not your own, because that's the greatness of America. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. I want to talk about two things today uh, on my mind. First and foremost, there's been a lot going on in our country since President Biden took office in January. 
As we all know, the January 6th commission did not pass in the United States Senate. Now think about this for a moment, folks. 54 votes in the affirmative, 54 votes, 35 against. Somehow those that voted in the 35 won the argument and the commission didn't get passed. How stupid is that? The filibuster must go. I've written about this. The filibuster has odious roots dating back to the founding of the republic. Um, I understand in theory why it was put forward so that senators uh, in the minority could have a voice. Great. But now we've got a radicalized minority that really runs the Senate. So it's not the majority's will. So infrastructure can't get done. Uh, COVID relief bills that needed to be passed in a bipartisan way are having to be passed by partisan vote only. Uh, this important commission... Ask yourself a question, why wouldn't United States Senators, all of them, every one of them whose lives were threatened on January 6th, there's a video of Senator Mitt Romney literally running for his life with the police officer, Eugene Goodman, who luckily came along and helped him turn around so that he wasn't beat to death by the mob. The mob that wanted to kill Vice President Pence, the mob that wanted to kill Speaker Pelosi. These were not patriots. These were not good men and women. These were people who went up there to raise hell, to tear stuff down, to put feces in our capital, urinate in our capital. Put a Confederate flag in our capital. The Confederacy, folks, if you didn't know it, lost the Civil War. The Confederacy was a group of traitors, a group of seditious traitors who lost. And President Lincoln, in my estimation, erred. He showed mercy. I would not have. I would have had them tried and put to death for treason, which is what our Constitution calls for when you rise up. And what happened on January 6th was treason. It was sedition. It was making uh, war and rebellion against the government of the United States in the very cradle of our capital, the cradle of our government, when they were certifying election results, certifying election results, which is a constitutional duty, by the way. It is outlined in the Constitution that the House and the Senate go into a joint session and they confirm the results we confirm the new president through the Electoral College, and we move on to the inauguration. That did not happen. And for the Republican Party, my party of over 25 years, to be like this, to be now really a party moving towards fascism and authoritarianism, the, the, the fealty to one man, one man who didn't put on a uniform, one man who has so much baggage and who's created so much garbage and so much division in our country, the party that I used to be a part of, Speaker Paul Ryan came out and talked about this. Liz Cheney, God bless her, has been a patriot. She's been bold. She's been brave. She's been stripped of her position because she refuses to kiss Donald Trump's ass. That's outrageous, folks. And that's not America. And that's not the America I know and the America I love and the America that, that I'm proud to be a part of. So I want us to start thinking about the things I talked about in my book, Eplorbus 1, Reclaiming Our Founders' Vision for a United America. If you haven't read the book, read it, get it. Read it to your kids. Help them to understand the founding principles of this country. Help them to understand the great men and women from all walks of life who contributed to the greatness of this great republic. We're going to have to wake up. Independence, you better rise up. In every state, the majority of voters are registered as non-affiliated or independent. You got to get off the bench. 
The Republicans and the Democrats are tearing this republic up. The Democrats might be a little better right now than the Republicans, but at the end of the day, they've got a left wing that is dangerous as well. The progressive policies, not all of them are bad. Some of them are just simple common sense. But on the right fringe of anger, tribalism, uh, racial politics, Marjorie Taylor Greene is insane. She's a United States congresswoman, and she openly courts anti-Semitism. She openly does insane things that would get you or me kicked out of working at Chick-fil-A. We couldn't do that. Nonetheless, be an elected member of Congress or the Senate or president of the United States of America. I don't know what's going on with us, but I don't like it. And I'm worried about what I see because we are too divided. And as we begin to explore our history, the truth of our history, today is the second thing I want to talk about is the Tulsa 100 commemoration. This was the day uh, 100 years ago that a peaceful community of African-Americans who were thriving with hotels, businesses, families, uh, homes, not bothering anybody in their segregated community were attacked by a vicious group of people just like what we saw on January 6th, angry white mob who killed over 300 people, murdered them, bombs dropping from the sky. That meant there were planes, there was there was cooperation, uh, the police covering it up, not coming to help. And you wonder why black people don't trust the police in this country. Look, I love the police. I support them, we give our money to them, and this family we always have. Uh, whenever I can go by and stop and, and, and take some coffee, take some donuts, whatever, to just thank them, we do it. We support the police in this family and in this community. However, I'm not a fool. I grew up black in this country every day. I have black, a black brother, uncles, father, cousins, and not one of them has not been not stopped by the police and harassed. I've had it happen. Bought my first sports car, it was red. And I never forget being pulled over in the dark of the night in southern New Jersey where I grew up for no reason. Didn't know why I was being pulled over. Thought maybe I had a light out or something. Police officer comes up and says, whose car is this? Really? It's my car. And I was a young attorney. And I'm glad that I had the good sense to shut my mouth because I didn't want to. I wanted to really have a dialogue with that police officer about what he was doing. But instead... I put pen to paper and I wrote about it. That's how I communicate. That's the platform that I use. And I've been using it for 30 years very effectively. But this isn't a war on the police, folks. This is a war against good and evil. This is a war against right and wrong. This is about us standing up for one another. Yes, black lives matter. Of course, all lives matter. Of course, blue lives matter. Of course. The point is that all of us matter. And the reason that there had to be a black lives matter March and a Black Lives Matter movement is because it doesn't seem as if when we look at these videos, like how Mr. Green was beat to death and they lied and told his family that there was a car wreck. George Floyd, I don't even need to go there. We all saw that. This happens again and again and again and we're told we should comply with violence. We're told we should comply with being beat to death, bludgeoned, murdered, shot. No, we should not comply with that. No one should. But I want to talk about Tulsa 100. Because history has been whitewashed. History has been changed. You guys attacking my girl, Nicole Hannah-Jones, and the fabulous work of the New York Times on the 1619 Project. Shame on you. The facts are the facts. Listen to my podcast that I did two years ago on the 1619 Project. It's here. And it is the most listened to, uh, most popular podcast I've ever had 
in the three years that I've been doing this One America podcast. And the fact is, is that in August of 1619, the first slaves came here to the shores of Virginia, near Fort Comfort, near, uh, that is now the Norfolk area, the, the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. And they were brought here, 20 of them, against their will. And that was the beginning of the American slave trade, which, by the way, took place all throughout the world. We were the last country to end it by about 50 years when others had ended it. And we are um, living with the vestiges of that pain, of that evil institution, of that odious institution. To this day, we're still suffering with the scars. So don't tell me that history doesn't matter because it does. And today when we commemorate the Tulsa massacre and it happened at Rosewood and it happened in Greenwood and it happened in 1917 with the 24th Infantry Regiment of soldiers down in Houston, Texas that were sent there to protect the base that they were building at the time and ended up in a race riot. White mobs, angry white mobs have always killed black and brown people. But on January 6, 2021, angry white mobs killed police officers. They killed and maimed and, and, and sent 100 plus officers to have severe head injuries, to have uh, PTSD, uh, broken bones, whatever. These were white people that they beat to death or beat up or ma maimed. This is not made up. This happened in real time on our television. And here's what I want to say to all of us as we're grappling with our history, as we're grappling with who we want to be, as we're grappling with how to make America truly that one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. If we're going to be that America, folks, then we're going to need to do some work and we're going to need to buckle up and we're going to need to tell the truth because the only way out is through. The only way we heal is not to deny, is not to whitewash, is not to cover up, is not to change history to the narrative we like. We got to tell the truth. It's how you heal. It's how you bring healing. Reparations is a discussion this country is going to have to have. Germany paid reparations to the Holocaust survivors. And they did that because it's not just enough to say, I'm sorry, which, by the way, America refuses to do on that note as well. President Bill Clinton came the closest. But why wouldn't an American president offer an apology to the descendants of slaves and to black people and say the treatment from slavery to Jim Crow was horrific? It was criminal. It was godless. It was immoral. It's not who we are. Why wouldn't you want to do that? The issue of reparations can be done in the forms of college scholarships, in the forms of enterprise zones, in the forms of all kind of ways to develop communities that didn't get uh, the economic boost that they could have gotten. Communities like Tulsa where, as the one young woman I saw whose great-grandparents had a hotel chain, they would have been like the Hiltons or like the Marriott. Instead, their hotel was burned to the ground and they were murdered. At Tulsa. So there was no family legacy. There was no generational wealth. Something that my white brothers and sisters in this country take for granted. You think that we all have the same experience. We do not. Start reading history. Start learning. Start understanding that even people like me with all the education I have and all the advantages that you think I have, I don't. I had to go through 10 times as much just to get up to bat and still be told no still be disrespected, still be called the N-word, still be talked down to. As a black woman, a woman of color, not paid the same, in fact, paid less than white men, paid less than white women, paid less than black men. It, it, it goes on and on and on. Race 
is a serious problem that we've got to confront in our country. And on this day on Memorial Day, I want us to think about the soldiers that fought on the battlefield in every war, going back to Crispus Attucks in the Revolutionary War, the first black man to die in the Revolutionary War. In fact, the first man to die. He took up arms to defend the colonies. As many slaves did, the same in the Civil War, the same in every war dating right to now in Afghanistan in the fields afar. We love our country. We've served this country. I have a picture of my maternal grandfather up on my Twitter feed today with his World War II uniform. He's all of 17 years old. He's in the colored regiment uh, that's overseas in the Pacific. He's serving there. Uh, then he's serving in Korea. Then he serves in Vietnam as an NCO. My grandfather was a patriot. He grew up in the segregated south of Alabama. He saw men lynched. He told me about it. He saw horrors. He never went back home ever again after he left. Ever again. Not even seeing his own sister and family, which was hard. But that's how scarred he was by racism and, and the hatefulness that he grew up in in the segregated deep south. Segregated deep south in Alabama. And so this is real to my family. It's real to me. It's real to tens of millions of people that live here. And I am yet still an optimist. I am yet still optimistic that we can come together, that we will get past this horrible moment of lies and misinformation and, and lack of patriotism and lack of bipartisanship, and that we will forge a better path forward for our kids, our grandkids, our nieces, and our nephews. That is my hope on this Memorial Day 2021 for America. And my prayer is, is that we will stop and see each other as human beings and that we will treat each other kinder and better and gentler as we all deserve because we're God's children, all of us, no matter our religion, our race, our creed, our gender. I love this country. It is the best country on earth. And while it challenges me at times and it concerns me at times, I wouldn't want to be any other place on earth and I wouldn't want to be anybody else but an American. I hope you feel the same. We have a country worth fighting for. We have a government worth fighting for. It's time for men and women to rise up. And as Teddy Roosevelt said so aptly in his In the Arena speech, if you have not read it, read it today. Read it out loud to your children. Where he calls us to have the courage to get into the arena. Whether you win or lose doesn't matter. When you're an American, you try. And you strive and you do. And as President Lincoln talked about in the great Gettysburg Address, as he is standing on the battlefield where the loss is incalculable and uh, both sides have suffered immensely in this great civil war. And at the end, one of the last lines says, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from the earth. He spoke those words in November of 1863. We are now 160 plus years forward. And this union still stands, but it will not long stand if we continue to abuse one another, be hateful to one another, be unkind to one another, attack one another, not give each other the benefit of the doubt, not respect one another's free will and free speech as outlined by our forebears in the Constitution. We have to do better. We have to rise up. This is a moment. This is a pro-democracy moment where we rise up in favor of what is right 
and we have respectful disagreement and we find bipartisanship where we can and we're honest brokers of peace and goodness and American values. God bless you, God keep you, and God bless the United States of America.